Footsteps of Jesus from Down Under. Welcome to the program. I'm very happy today to introduce to you a dear friend and please stay with us. It will be an interesting story. Hi, how are you, Sam? I'm very well, thank you very much, Nick. I was uh, thinking to to pronounce uh, your surname, but uh, I think I will let you do that for uh, for our listeners. Uh, yeah, it's a bit <laughs> of a tongue twister, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, my name is uh, Samuel uh, Siddhartha, and uh, I originally came from Indonesia, and uh, I lived uh, for a while in Melbourne, and now I have migrated to Adelaide, uh, been staying here for the last four years. Very good. Sam, I'm so happy that you could make a bit of time from uh, your uh, very busy schedule uh, to tell your story. This program features mainly um, stories and testimonies, your walk with Jesus. That's why we call the program In the Footsteps of Jesus. Would you like to share with us uh, your story, please? Thanks very much, Nick. Uh, you know, I really appreciate you inviting me to share my uh, I suppose life experience with Jesus. But before I do that, I just would like to highlight one thing. Many people, when being asked about their spiritual experience with Jesus, uh, they would say things like, how do I know if I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus? I just can't feel it. Or some people might say, I don't think I can have any deep and meaningful relationship with Christ because I haven't experienced any major life-changing experience. Well, I think this is where many people misunderstand. Whilst it is true that God can use our feeling to communicate His will, and while it is true that God can and will use major life events to awake our awareness of His presence, his voice, nonetheless, still can be heard in the stillness and quietness of our lives too. In fact, many Bible characters like da uh, Daniel and Joseph, they didn't have to experience the world, so to speak, in order uh, for them to be able to experience uh, God. And uh, I hope that through my story uh, today, I'll be able to relate to some people uh, about this. You see, I grew up in a Christian family home. My mom is a devout uh, SDA Christian, uh, but my dad at the time was an atheist. In fact, he didn't like anything to do about Christianity. To him, Christianity makes one weak, and Christianity uh, sort of shackles him a lot from his preferred lifestyle at the time. So out of the passion and love uh, for dad and uh, and how mom wanted so badly to introduce Christ, she decided that she wanted to raise her children, you know, in a Christian value. So, you know, I remembered when I was five years old, mom would, you know, wake us up at five o'clock in the morning and set us down and had morning worship together. And then at night, uh, you know, during the favorite TV program, my mom would say to us, look, you know what, it's time for us to talk to God. And I remembered, you know, vividly that that created a bit of tension, you know, with dad. Dad said, you know, why would you wake, you know, your children so early in the morning just for this? And mom didn't say a thing, so mom said to us, look, you know what, uh, given that I had these arguments with dad, from this time onward, I'm not going to wake you up. You just hear when I start singing in the morning, then you just wake up and join me. And that's how it was, basically. And mom kept saying to us, look, you know what, Samuel, how can you be 
or how can you witness about Jesus to death if your behavior is not good? How can you witness you know, good things about Christ to death if you yourself are lazy, not disciplined, getting bad marks, etc. So that became sort of a strong impression in my life that, you know, I need to live my life in such a way that I can be a good advertiser about Jesus to my father. At the time, I didn't think about my friends, etc. All I wanted is my dad to know who Jesus is. And, uh, by God's grace, I grew in my relationship with Christ as I continued to learn about Him through our Bible reading, through the Bible stories. And to cut the story short, after 13 years of a lot of prayer, a lot of uh, witnessing and, you know, and, and, and living a good life, so to speak, Dad became impressed about Christianity after all, and he eventually decided to uptake this faith as well. Wow. So by God's grace that uh, we all now, we can call, we are a Christian family. Uh, but nonetheless, even though I grew up in a Christian family and my mom was a very strong prayer warrior, you know, she would wake up in the morning at four o'clock and started praying for every one of us. I knew that because I remembered hearing that myself. Uh, when I came to Australia at the age of 17 years old, you know, by the way, when I came to Australia, I didn't know anyone here. Mm. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any relatives whatsoever. So I came here as a 17-year-old. So to me, that was like the door of the world was open wide for me. Mm. I could do anything I wanted because now I do not have my parents to tell me off about what I should be doing. I was going to say that you, you've been a very well-behaved child, <laughs> but now you have opportunity to take the world on your face. You know? Ab- absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, you know, when I was in Indonesia, I, I, I was never into all this, you know, drinking and, and you know, all this, you know, lifestyle, so to speak. But, you know, as a 17 year old, I had that moment in, in a sense when I came to Australia. No one is watching over me. But still, the words of my mom kept resonating in my mind. But again, as I said, at the time, whilst I did not want to go with the world, I started engaging in what I call uh, a uh, a Greek philosophy reading. I remembered when I was doing my assignment for my class at the time, and I started reading the story of Socrates, you know, through the writing of Plato, obviously, you know, I started reading about Aristotle and I was, you know, I was really into it and I felt, you know, this philosophy is really the answer to life, so to speak. And I began to doubt about many things. I began to doubt about my faith. I began to doubt about, you know, whether the Bible is true. I began to doubt about uh, Jesus and whether he truly existed or not. And whilst I was still going to church, I had this kind of wrestling, so to speak, in my heart. So I decided that, look, you know what, let's be fair. If I give this amount of time to reading the Greek philosophy, I would devote just equal time to reading about my faith. And, you know, when I came to Australia, I was also, for the first time, was exposed to many Internet things. You know, at Mm. the time, Internet was... Uh, still new, so to speak. Bo- booming, yeah. It was booming at the mm. time. And uh, so I started reading about all the critics about Christianity and so on and so forth. So I decided to dedicate just the same amount of time to both materials, so to speak. 
And as I did that, I began to discover that actually my faith in God was actually scientifically sounded. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think part of the problem is for many people, they are not willing to give God a chance. So all they hear about is just the criticism about God, but they're not willing to spend time with God. And I believe, uh, just like the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, that if we search him with all of our heart, then he can, he can be found. And he will let himself be found. Because he knows that we need him in our lives. And he knows that life without him, whilst it can exist, so to speak, but it's missing a certain dimensions of life. So that's when I felt that my faith became validated in him. And since then, I never look back again. Wonderful. So, so you know, uh, you know, coming here as a 17-year-old, in the beginning, I thought I was going to enjoy. It turns out the other way around. I became to be, you know, more soaked in a sense in his presence and i and i grew to know him more and more in a in a very intimate way mm. and enjoyment it's uh, when you think of the worldly things you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, the temptations of this world and so on but uh, when you uh, discover your walk with jesus actually um, i'm thinking about myself how i came mm-hmm. into the church and to know god better mm-hmm. uh, actually it's a different joy mm-hmm. and it's a joy which uh, cannot be uh, compared with the joy of this world in, in that i'm talking from my own experience and i'm i'm just wondering uh, um, yeah yeah absolutely i, I how guess is you, how is your uh, experience yeah that 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 that's why i alluded in the beginning that many people associated uh, you know happiness or stuff or you know a relationship with christ is all about feeling you see but the problem with feeling is feeling is fleeting you know it's here today and maybe gone in the next minute or so and uh, but unfortunately we're living in this world whereby all our actions seems to be based and judged by feeling and that's why we have this statement like oh i don't feel like going to work today or i don't feel like going to the gym today or i don't feel like going to do exercise today so every action seems to be predominated by our feeling to so to speak but faith on the other hand goes deeper than that faith is about faith is constant faith is firm and faith is when we say to god look lord i'm going to trust you regardless uh, the experience that i'm currently uh, going through you know because i believe that you are a faithful god and you know you are the god of the good time but you're also the god of the bad time you know, uh, you're still God when I am on top of the mountain, but you're also God when I'm down in the valley. You're the God of the day and you're the God of the night. Mm. And and that's what faith. Faith is about the childlike trust to the parents that the parents will not harm their children, you know. Mm. And, and that to me brings a lot of peace. Uh, whereas feeling, as I said, is fleeting. You know, uh, I may not feel like waking up in the morning every day, but uh, but faith is constant and firm. So when I understand these things in my life, that's when I felt I am growing in my relationship with Christ. You know, mm. it's just like in you know now I have two little girls, obviously, and when I every time I see them, is in a sense, we, at times we do not need necessarily 
uh, to leave home, so to speak, quote unquote, before we know that our parents love us, right? Mm. In a sense, we can still live with them and appreciate their love for us. And that's how my experience with God has been. Mm. So, you know, obviously I've, I've shared with you already that the, you know, when I came to Australia, there was like one kind of small turning point for me. The second uh, turning point in my life was, uh, you know, in my third year of working. Uh, you know, I am, uh, I am a doctor. I'm a cardiologist, and at the time, I was in training still um, to become a specialist. So, in my third year of work, I I felt this strong impression in my heart that you know I wanted to serve God. You know, I wanted to dedicate at least you know one year of my life. Whereby, you know, I, I just want to serve him. I didn't know what to do at the mm. time. In my mind, I was thinking, oh, given that I am medical practitioner, what I was going to do was, you know, going into some kind of mission field, going to a third world country or doing, you know, some basically, uh, medicine, uh, mm. in a way that is non-conventional, so mm. to speak. Uh, but, it wasn't working out that way, basically. So instead, I became a what we call a Bible worker, whereby, you know, we go around uh, uh, the community and ask them whether they would like to know about Jesus and we can help them through Bible study, group study, etc. So that's exactly what I did. And I remember the day when I decided to do this. When I decided to do this, it, to be honest, it wasn't an easy decision, right? Mm. I mean, leaving your workplace, the comfort zone of your life so mm. to speak and i remembered also surrounding that time the hospital was saying to me you know what sam we, we are so happy with your work we want to sponsor you for your permanent residency of australia mm. so you know there i was faced with a dilemma uh, you know the hospital has shown a kind-hearted gesture for me that they wanted to sponsor and i said by the way i want to quit kind of thing mm. you know so it was a dilemma. So, but nonetheless, I decided to be honest and maintain my integrity. And I said to, to them, look, this is my plan. And they said, look, you know what? They'll be fine with us. Uh, you know, we'll sponsor you for your permanent residency, regardless of what your decision, because this is our good gesture to you. Mm. Okay. That's good. So, you know, as part of applying for permanent residency, I don't know whether anyone else remember, you know, we had to go through the medical check and so on and so forth. So I remember when I went through medical check, part of it is they check for your urine as well. And uh, the idea of checking for the urine is to see if uh, there is any abnormality, you know, if there is any blood, if there is mm. any protein in your urine that might indicate that your kidney may not be working well. Well, that will have kind of significant implication, mm. wouldn't it, to your application. So I went through the process. Everything else was good, but the doctor said to me, look, you know what? In your urine, we detected microscopic blood cells, you know? So, you know, I didn't think much at the time, uh, because, and he didn't think much at the time either. He said, look, you know what, Sam? Uh, this could come from any track, so to speak. But what we're concerned about is if this comes from your kidney. So as a result of that, we would like you to have further investigation and we would like you to see a kidney specialist. Okay. Uh, you know, and I went through further examination and, uh, and basically it was confirmed 
that uh, the microscopic blood that was detected in my urine actually came from my kidney. Mm. So right at that point, to be honest, I I didn't quite know what to do. And I must be honest, I did question God at the time. And I said to him, Lord, I do not understand you. Just at the time when I decided to serve you, just when I took a risk for you, this is what happened. And I did not tell my parents, I did not tell anybody, because I was just worried that they, you know, uh, my family or friends might react different way, you know, so to speak. And you'll create even more worries for for the whole families. Absolutely, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I, I suppose quitting medicine is already, mm. you know, maybe stressful enough to some people. <laughs> so I, I decided to keep it myself. And to be honest, it was a lonely journey at the time. Until one day I remembered, uh, just before I underwent further investigation and test, I prayed to God, and it was, you know, to be honest, I can't remember exactly the date, but it was on Tuesday night, and about 12 midnight. I was still awake. I could not sleep because of all these, you know, thoughts. And I said to God like this, Lord, I have tasted you. I know that you've been good to me, and I know that you've uh, stayed faithful for me. This is my situation. So, Lord, I just want to give you all my life to you. Uh, and Lord, even in my sickness, or I want to glorify you in whatsoever things I do. So I made that prayer, and I remembered I experienced a sense of peace that I've never experienced before. Amen. It is as though that God was wrapping his arms around me and said, like, Samuel, don't you worry. I will look after you and I will prove to you that I will remain faithful to you. And you know, Nick, at the time, I was ready, whatever the circumstances. I know that I gave my life fully to him. And I went through the examination. And and this is actually the funny thing, uh, actually, just before I moved on. You see, uh, remember, as I, as I said to you, this was just a medical examination uh, for the permanent residency qualification. Mm. But one thing that I was stunned and surprised is as I was going through all these examination, I was contacted uh, by Medicare and they said to me that my Medicare card was out. So I, I could not explain that. You know, how could it be that my permanent residency wasn't even granted, but my, but my Medicare card was out already? So basically all the expense of going through all these examination was actually covered. Mm. Nothing came out of my pocket at all. Mm. And uh, I went through all those examination and finally the uh, you know the the kidney f- specialist said to me, "Look, Sam, uh actually what you had is a benign condition. I wouldn't worry so much if I were you. And all you need to do is just making sure that you check yourself from time to time, probably, you know, every year or every couple of years with blood tests, just making sure that everything is okay. And uh, and by God's grace to this date, I'm still healthy mm. and I haven't got, you know, much issues whatsoever. So again, God has proven to me that he is faithful. But even then, even if the outcome wasn't like what I expected to be, 
I was ready nonetheless. Mm. And uh, Sam, just we're going to take a short break here. And please don't go anywhere. Stay here to hear uh, more about uh, walking in the footsteps of Jesus in the good times and in the bad times of your uh, life. Same 
You are listening to the story of Samuel Siddhartha. Unfortunately, the time for today is up and uh, we have to come back with the second part of his story next week. So please uh, keep in mind to tune back for uh, In the Footsteps of Jesus next week. Until then, I wish you all the best and God be with you in everything what you do. Thank you for tuning in with us. Until we meet again, remember to always follow in the footsteps of Jesus. If you'd like to contact us, don't hesitate to call us on 0401 305 077 or email us on eoncreta at yahoo.com. That's I-O-N-C-R-E-T-A at yahoo.com.